And a very good evening to you and welcome to People of Note on Classic 1027 with me, Richard Cock. In this program, we talk to someone who is a person of note and listen to music of their choice. And my guest in tonight's program is a pianist, an organist, someone who's been on the music scene here in Gauteng for many years and before that in Natal. Her name is Dai Kutz. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Richard. It's very nice to have you here. And you and I go back many years. 40 well, years. 40 years to uh, the SABC in Johannesburg. But you'd relatively recently arrived when I started there 40 years ago. And you'd come from Natal, where you were an accompanist. I'd been with the SABC since 1970. I did eight years in Durban. And then when Sini von den Brom, who was the official accompanist in Johannesburg, retired, they automatically transferred me to Johannesburg, and I began here in 1979, and I think you arrived shortly after Yes, me. I arrived in 1980. And those were the days when the SABC had official accompanists, not only in Johannesburg, but also in Durban, obviously, and I think in Cape Town as well. That's right. Beforehand, it was Anna Bender in Johannesburg, then she retired, and Sini von den Brom took over. In Durban, it was Constance Brothwood. When she retired, I was appointed. And as far as I know, in Cape Town, it was Gordon Beasley. So those were the days when the SABC did a lot of recordings. Uh, and they must have, I mean, I seem to remember the studios being booked back to back, day after day. They were. Um, we had, of course, access to all the orchestral musicians. Durban had an orchestra, Johannesburg had, and so did Cape Town. And we drew a lot of the instrumental programs and artists from the orchestra. And then there were all the singers that we worked with as well. And obviously you got to accompany some pretty distinguished artists in those days. There were some visiting overseas artists that one had the privilege of working with. We also had artists that were... Um, working with UNISA for the international competitions, jury members. I remember working with Martina Arroyo, the renowned American soprano, and other jury members like Anup Kumar Biswas, a cellist from India, Franz Müller-Häuser, a German baritone. These were extra privileges that came. And I see your first choice is with a cellist. I notice your first choice of uh, music that you'd like to play us is with a cellist who came from where? Georgi Anichenko was a 22-year-old cellist from Belarus. Um, I'd been examining for UNISA as a practical music examiner for 35 years. I started in 1966. And in the beginning of the 80s, the then director of music examinations um, was Henny Hubert, and his partner also at UNISA was John Roos, and they began the international string singing and piano competitions. And with the singing and instrumental competitions, they relied on uh, certain South African artists to be their accompanists. The contestants were allowed to bring their own accompanists, but they had to pay their own way. Whereas if they used us, there were normally four or five South Africans who were appointed as official accompanists. And at the 2010 competition, I was allotted three cellists to accompany. Georgi was one of them. 
And from our first rehearsal, we had similar ideas on interpretation and style, and we knew that this was going to be a good duo relationship. With these competitions, you have very little rehearsal time. The first and second rounds are compulsory, and then the elimination starts before the full recital and concerto rounds. In the second round, the competitors were... um, Can I just go back on it? In the second round, it was chosen for the competitors to play a Beethoven sonata, followed by a romantic work, and then a newly composed South African work. On the night of we we played our Beethoven sonata. Okay, carry on. Um, When you work with an artist on the stage, sometimes you have this feeling this is a good performance. Sometimes you have the feeling it's not such a good performance. And sometimes you get that feeling this was a magical performance. When everything just works, it is amazing. You get this feeling of euphoria. This was music making at its greatest. Georgi eventually went on to become the first prize winner of the cello section. And he was also awarded the prize for the best performance of a sonata by Beethoven. So I thought this was a very fitting tribute to all my years of music examining, the opportunities I had of working with jury members and of accompanying talented youth from all over the world to play this two movements of this Beethoven sonata with Georgi and myself. This is a live performance from UNISA. And it's appropriate that in this year that Beethoven turns 250, we start with the Beethoven Sonata Number no. 2 in G minor, Georgi Anichenko Cello, Diane Kutz Piano. Oh, you've got the music there. That was two movements from the Beethoven Sonata Number no. 2 in G minor for cello and piano. The cellist was Georgi Anichenko, And the pianist was Diane Coots, who's my guest in People of Note tonight. Di, just tell us where you started life. I know somewhere in Natal, but uh, just tell us about your early life, how you got involved in playing piano and organ. My parents were not musicians and had never had the opportunity to study any form of music. But my father was a self-taught jazz drummer who often did Saturday night gigs. Long before I was born, my paternal grandmother and great-grandmother, plus my great-aunts and uncles, had all emigrated to South Africa from Utrecht in Holland. And they had settled in a Shawi, Zululand, where they were fruit farmers. But they were also musicians, not professional, but they all sang, and both my great-aunts played the organ in various churches in Eshawi. As a very small child, we would spend a few weekends up in Eshawi on the farm. Now, my great-aunt, Macy, she had a grand piano in her lounge, and nobody was allowed to touch this piano. But the story goes that when I was about three, I had crept into her lounge and looked at this big instrument, knowing I wasn't allowed to touch it, and not knowing that she was observing me. And unlike other children who see a piano for the first time and bang all over it, she watched me. I went up and played a single note and then listened to it very carefully 
And then she said, this blissful smile came all over my face. And then I tried another note and went through the same process of listening and smiling. So she said to my parents, I think Diane is talented. Remember that she must learn piano one day. That was how it all began. Then I started school when I was five. As you know, my birthday is today. And I had just turned five, and I could already read and write. So I started school at the convent of the Holy Family. Nothing further had happened about my music until I turned nine. And it was decided I should start having lessons at the convent. So I went for a few lessons with one of the nuns, which didn't last very long because I was taken out of school class to have a lesson. So my parents said, no, this is not going to work. One of our neighbors at that time on the bluff was a singer who often sang with the Durban Civic Orchestra, as it was then called. She would sing light classical music at the concerts on a Sunday afternoon. And she said, I'm going to find a teacher from the orchestra who can come and give my daughter and Diane piano lessons at home. So it wasn't long before a viola player called Mr. Hollier arrived to give us lessons. I didn't get on very well with Mr. Hollier. I did my first exam. I think got the lowest marks I've ever had in my life for a music exam. Eventually, Mr. Hollier said to my parents, I think this child is musical, but maybe you should find a lady teacher. So we searched around, and on the bluff where we were living, a young, newly married piano teacher arrived. She auditioned me and said, yes, she would teach me. Well, the magic then happened, and the following year, I played my first concerto at the Durban Philharmonic Orchestra. Wow, so quickly. And my love affair with music blossomed. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So that quickly you got from sort of zero from being to a hero. really yeah. bad piano <laughs> student to a concerto artist. Yeah. Yes. So and it's At it's ten. amazing how uh, having the right teacher can just unlock the influence, all that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That, and who was that? Do you Elizabeth Sivitson. Yeah. Mm. And did you stay with her for some time then? I stayed with her right up until I had completed all my licentiates. Fantastic. Mm. That's a lovely story. And and the organ, because I know you play the organ as well. I didn't start the organ until I'd finished school. I'd been playing piano for church. I'd been involved in church music my whole life. And then the church where I was playing decided to invest in an organ. And they said, you must go for organ lessons. So I went off to Errol Slatter at St. Paul's Church in Durban. And I fell madly in love with playing the organ. Ah. Uh-huh. And... I'm now into my 61st year of being a church organist. 61 years. 60 years of church. And and here we are on your birthday as well. So happy birthday from all of us here at Classic 1027. Now, your next choice is your sister playing the Cavatina from The Deer Hunter. Let's listen to that, and then you can tell us how, uh, you know, it seems the whole family or your, your generation was involved in music. Here's the Cavatina from The Deer Hunter featuring Janet Coots on oboe. That was the Cavatina from The Deer Hunter, and it featured Janet Coots, that's my guest on People of Note, Diane Coots' sister, and the Rollo Scott Orchestra. And that's really something from the history books because uh, Rollo Scott uh, worked at the SABC also with us, and he was in charge of light music, and we'll have more of that later. But first, listen to this.
You're listening to People of Note here on Classic 1027 with me, Richard Cock, and my guest is Diane Coots, well-known organist and pianist and accompanist here in Gauteng, originally from Durban. Diane, I was talking about your family. You were telling us about your Dutch origins, and the fact that your sister was also in music must have meant that you had some influence on her, did you? Well, we fought a lot. <coughs> As sisters do. Yes. I had two younger sisters. I'm the oldest of the three. Felicity, my middle sister, she did piano, cello, and recorder. But she was more a dancer. She was too restless. When she left school, she went into nursing. Music wasn't for her. And she did brilliantly in her nursing career. Janet did piano, oboe, and singing. Joyce Barker wanted Janet to focus on singing. But Janet, from a very young age, loved the oboe. And when she was 12, she was chosen by Perino Gamba, who came out to South Africa to conduct the National Youth Orchestra. She was chosen to be the principal oboe, and they went on tour. When she was in matric, the Durban Symphony Orchestra offered her a two-year contract as the first cadet musician of the Durban Symphony Orchestra. After her two-year contract was finished, she went to London to further her studies on an associated board recommendation. She returned to South Africa and became a professional member of the Durban Orchestra and remained there eventually as principal over until the orchestra was disbanded. Now, that Durban Symphony Orchestra was the municipal orchestra, wasn't yeah, it? Yes, it was the Durban Civic Orchestra and then it was the Durban Symphony Orchestra. After that, Janet joined Pact Orchestra. She moved to Pretoria and became sub-principal oboe with Pact, eventually becoming the principal oboe. And at that time, Roller Scott was doing light music on Saturday afternoons, and he would draw musicians from either the Pact or the SABC Orchestra to come and record. And Janet often went in to play for him, and I thought this was a very charming performance on the Cor Anglais that she did. She loved playing the corps anglais. Yeah. Unfortunately, Janet developed rheumatoid arthritis and eventually she had to take a disability pension and she passed away when she was only 49. Mm -hmm. The arthritis was so incredible. Yeah. It spread throughout her body. Goodness me. So they were very interesting times though when um, there were orchestras, municipal orchestras in Cape Town and Joburg and Durban. All and folded. All, yeah, all gone yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, but other things took their places. They also, in some cases, have gone. But one of the people that you worked closely with, I think, was Ron Charles. Where, yes. where was that? That was in Durban. When I was appointed as the official accompanist for Durban, Ronald Charles was the music organizer, a wonderful Welshman. Like a father figure to me, he taught me so much about recording. Even though my job was the accompanist, I also had to produce programs, edit programs, you know, with the old razor yeah. blade and the sticky tape that we had yeah. to use, and write the scripts and get the package programs put together with the announcers. All this was part of the job, and he helped me through all of that. When we had spare moments, the two of us would go to the, our main recording studio where there were two pianos, both Steinways, and we would just for fun play a whole lot of piano duos. 
he wanted to keep up his piano technique, and he said this was a good way to make him practice. Eventually, we started doing concertos with the orchestra, the Poulenc, the Connell of the Animals, and we were working on the Max Bruch when he was transferred to Cape Town when Gordon Beasley retired. But one of the recordings we did was of this Rachmaninoff suite for two pianos, and these are two very delightful movements from it, the valse and the romance. I'm speaking to Diane Coots. And Di, your, your family obviously was quite large, but now is rather smaller. Yes, both my sisters have gone. Felicity passed away just recently. Janet died a few years ago. So now, and both my parents have gone. So it's only me and my nephew, Jeremy. Jer- Jeremy lives in Pretoria. And uh, is he musical at all? Jeremy did piano and recorder. Um, not great, but then when he went to high school, Pretoria Boys High, he joined the pipe band, and he fell in love with pipe band music as a drummer, which goes back to my father, yeah. who was started off as a drummer. Jeremy um, went to the Edinburgh Festival with the pipe band. He teaches pipe bands at Pretoria Boys High. He judges pipe bands. It's his hobby. He just loves Highland music. Yeah. Not pipes. He doesn't play the bagpipes. He just does the drums. And I thought it would be nice to have a contrast in the program and bring a bit of Scottish music in because Scoots, after all, our surname, is a, is Scottish, a Scottish name. name. Yes. So where was the Dutch then on your mother's side? No, no. it's my father's yes. side, okay. his mother's side, my okay. paternal grandparents. Yeah. Okay. So, and is there a strong connection with the Scottish side of the family? No. No? No. It's just you left now, just Jeremy. Me. <laughs> well, we're going to listen to, uh, tell us what we're going to hear. Well, there are th- three jigs played by the Pretoria Highlanders, pipes and drums, and that's very enjoyable music. And it features Jeremy, It features Jeremy on the drums, and they're going to play Flee the Glen, the Panda, and the Final Fling. That was the Pretoria Highlanders Pipes and Drums, which included Jeremy Coots. Is he Jeremy Coots? Correct. Uh, The nephew of Diane Coots, who's my guest in People of Note. And I presume those Pretoria Highlanders, were they the boys from Pretoria High School? No, I think it was more an adult group. Just an adult group. Uh, And pipes are very popular. Uh, around the country still. I use them every last night of the proms. We have different pipe bands all around the country. I just want to go back to your organ playing a moment because where did you start playing in a church? You said 61 years you've been playing in a church. Where did you start? In Durban. At? Well, I played um, at various churches when I was studying. And then I started with um, permanent positions at St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Stamford Hill also at the Emmanuel Cathedral in the center of Durban, right up until the time I was transferred to Johannesburg. And then I was looking for a post. I couldn't find one anywhere. Archbishop Hurley, Dennis Hurley, was also searching, and he heard of a German-speaking church that had just recently built a new organ, a small organ, but it was built by the same organ builders that built the SABC organ, Furler and Rulefeld, and they had the small organ and they were looking for an organist. So I went along and the German priest said, play for me. 
side plate. I mean, he said, we want you as our organist. Ah. So I've now been playing there. This is now my 41st year at St. Bonifatius, German-speaking Catholic community. That's amazing. What a record. 41 years as organist. I hope they've got someone lined up one day uh, <laughs> after 50 years when the time comes maybe to to hand over to someone. But that's an amazing mm-hmm. record. So 61 years as a church organist. Mm-hmm. You must have started quite young. I was a teenager. Yeah. yeah. Quite amazing. And uh, that, are you still accompanying a lot and teaching? I'm teaching every day except Sundays, unless I have an organ student. And I do a lot of accompanying, especially at examination time. There are always people who need you for licentiate exams or competitions. So I do a lot of that. And my life is very busy. It's just music, music, music. So you've obviously played a lot of accompaniments in your time. I have. Millions of notes you've played. The repertoire is tremendous. Yeah, Mm. It's very exciting, though, that you, you still are playing and accompanying and contributing to the music life of Johannesburg. You're listening to People of Note on Classic 1027. We're going to take a short break now, and we'll be back after this. That was my guest on People of Note, Diane Coots, playing the Liszt, Fantasia and Fugue on B-A-C-H. Which organ was that played on? That was recorded at the SABC in Johannesburg. That's on that same Furler and Rulefeld organ Correct. that you were talking about, yes. uh, which has just had a sort of facelift recently. Um, and I was present at that concert when it was reopened. In a way, it's amazing that uh, those facilities at the SABC still exist because they're not used much for recording anymore, I don't think. I haven't heard of many. Because no. uh, in their day, I must say, when uh, I can remember when working at the SABC, it was absolutely non-stop. Recordings, morning, noon and night, weekends, um, it just never stopped. I seem to remember your uh, schedule was incredibly full of people. Yeah, Yeah, you would start at 8 o'clock in the morning with a meeting, then you would have a rehearsal with the orchestra, then you would do two recordings in the afternoon. At four o'clock, you'd get on the bus with the rest of the orchestra and travel to Sasselberg or Potterstrom or Secunda or Pretoria and repeat the symphony concert. You'd get home at midnight. Yeah. They were, they were incredibly busy and productive days. Uh, wonderful. They were wonderful days. Yeah. And, and you must have played a lot of repertoire. I mean, you've, uh, I remember you're playing the piano in orchestral productions. Petrushka, for example, and we play here also uh, a recording of you playing um, a Debussy piece, I think. Fantasy. Fantasy with with the orchestra. And we've got recordings of you here on classic also. But you've also got the Nights in the Gardens Nights of Spain. Nights in the Garden of That's Spain. That's you've done a lot. And uh, Haydn sonatas. There, there's quite a lot of recordings of yours here. And uh, just tell us about some of the singers that you worked with, because I see one of them is coming up next now. Well, you worked with, when you're a accompanist, you do a lot of leader. And I fell in love with leader. I just, especially German leader, and Schubert, Schumann, Brahms, then the French leader, Debussy, Ravel, Poulenc, 
the most wonderful. And you make friends with all your artists. You don't just work with them as singers. They become your personal friends. And I've kept up with those who are still in the country. We communicate. We phone each other on birthdays. We talk regularly and talk about the good old days. And Bronwyn Basson is from Pretoria. And we did a, a huge amount of recordings of various styles. And I spoke to her and I said, I would like to use you in this program. And she's, at the moment, she was in Cape Town in hospital having an operation. And she said, with the greatest of pleasure, what are you going to use? I said, maybe three Brahms. And she said, I would love that. So which ones are we going to hear? Da unten in Thala, in Stille Nacht, in Stenschen. Three songs by Johannes Brahms, Da unten im Thale, in Stille Nacht and Stenchen. Bronwyn Besson was the singer and Diane Kutz, who's my guest in People of Notes, was accompanying her. Now, one of the, you mentioned earlier about orchestras and how we had so many members of the orchestra to perform with. And what is amazing is that so many of them found the time in between their orchestral duties to make recordings and one of the more adventurous, in a way, was Bob Gillespie. I see he's coming up. I remember his doing a piece for where he spoke into the trombone, General MacArthur's speech or something. I, I have a very clear memory of I think that. It was for some the reason. Donald Erb Concerto. Yes. Yeah, that had a lot of speech in yeah. it, and he won an Artie's Award for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of those players, of course, are. Um, have moved away now. Uh, some of them are still here in Johannesburg. But uh, there are not so many left from that era now. In fact, the other day I said to the orchestra and the choir, the very first Christmas concert that I prepared the symphony choir for, which is now also 40 years ago, uh, Derek Hudson was the conductor. Can any of you remember Derek Hudson? One. One member of the orchestra could remember Derek Hudson. Mm. It is amazing how these, yes. the memories fade. He conducted me in a concerto yeah. once. Yeah. Yes, because when I was at school, he was the conductor of the Cape Town mm. Symphony Orchestra. But mm. then he went off to uh, Zimbabwe, I think. Mm. He became director he of came one of the schools. Came back as a guest conductor. Yes, mm. yeah. Uh, but I'm sure you, did you work with him? I did well? work yeah. with him. Yeah. And uh, you must have memories of some interesting conductors over the years, too. Edgar Cree. Pierina Gambo, you mentioned. Yeah. Um, I remember Anton on Hartman. the yeah. day you got married, the 10th of October, I was recording with Sore Rahbari. Yes. And she was a saxophone player. And her brother had come out to conduct the orchestra. And we had recorded, with you producing it, Patrushka, which has a massive piano. I remember in that. It. Well. You remember yeah. that occasion? Yeah, I, I remember and it. And whilst so you well. were getting married, I was at the studio with Sore playing the Scaramouche Suite yeah. by Milhel and a whole lot of other music that she had brought from Iran. Yeah. And I well remember that recording because um, Ali Rahbari took it away with him. And he said he played it to friends of his in Europe and asked them to guess who the orchestra was. And they were saying Berlin Philharmonic and oh. all these things. Because no, we did make some amazing recordings. We did. And the orchestra played to a very high standard mm-hmm. in those My days. memory of mm-hmm. that is, you know, as an orchestral pianist, you also had to do celesta and harpsichord and organ. Sometimes your parts were very, very simple. And sometimes something like Petrushka came along, which was a nightmare for a pianist. It's like a major like piano a concerto. concerto. Yeah. 
and your nurse had to just cope with it. Yeah. Well, you must have got used to that, though, with not with that necessarily, but, but playing in the studio. Because when you record in the studio, you're really on show because you can't get away with anything. But I love being in the studio yeah. far more than a public performance. Yeah. I'm happy in the studio. Yeah. I'm comfortable. That I love with the microphone yeah. next to me. But, but it is very testing because it hears everything. You have to work very hard. Yeah. The yeah. practicing is hours and hours, yeah. not in your work time. It's in your yeah. private time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, of course, that went on. I don't know how many years. I did 27 years. 27 years mm-hmm. of, of working in the recording studio, which mm-hmm. is quite a record. And so tell us about this uh, Bob Gillespie Bob recording. Gillespie. Well, as you know, Bob was principal trombone of the orchestra, and he arrived from America, a very jovial person, always wanting to try out new music. And Bob and I recorded a lot for SABC, but he came up to me once and said, we're going to play some rags. I said, no, 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 no. He said, come on, die, you know, in this big American accent. You can do it. I said, I can't. I don't have a feeling of jazz in my body. I can't do it. I can't do it. Please, Bob, don't ask me to do this. He said, you can do anything if you try. Follow me and you will play jazz. So I don't know if you really call rags jazz, but anyway, it was something that didn't fit into me. When I was choosing music for this program, I put on this recording and I thought, well, Bob, you were right. I followed you, and I think I played quite convincingly. I thought it was a nice, fun piece to include. It's called Lassus Trombone, and it features Bob Gillespie on trombone and Diane Coots on piano. That was a piece called Lassus Trombone, and it featured Bob Gillespie on trombone and Diane Coots on piano. And we're going to take a short break. We'll be back after this. You're listening to People of Note on Classic 1027 with me, Richard Koch. My guest is Diane Coots, well-known organist. She's been an organist of the uh, various churches for 61 years, which is an amazing record. She was the official accompanist at the SABC for 27 years, now uh, a distinguished accompanist and teacher. And just going back to your days, Di, of playing uh, the organ uh, officially at the SABC for symphony concerts and so on, one of the interesting or fun moments must have been doing the organ symphony, was it, by Sanson? Definitely. I've played it in Durban, Peter Maritzburg, and in Johannesburg. Um, I've played it at the Linda Auditorium when the organ was first installed there, the same as at the State Theatre when the organ was installed there. And this particular performance, conducted by Mike Hankinson, was the last time that the City Hall organ was officially used in a big performance because it was falling apart. A lot of it was non-existent and it was patched up. It had like bandages everywhere with a technician standing on the side of the stage in case something exploded or broke down. It hissed a lot. You would set up your combination stops because you need some quick changes in your registration And on the night of the performance, you didn't know if they were going to work or not work. You have to pray very hard to get through a performance when the instrument is totally unreliable. And as far as I know, it was the last time the Johannesburg City Hall organ was used in a major performance. And how long ago is that now? 
Um, that must have been around about 15 years ago. Yeah. It's a sad story, actually, because the Durban uh, City Hall organ hasn't played for many, many years same, now either. Same situation. Yeah. And, and Cape Town is shaky. I think they're going to spend some money on it now. Peter Marisburg City Hall organ seems to be yes. going strong still. Yes. And that was due to Colin Heal, I think, who looked who, after it. Unfortunately, yeah. it's no longer here. Yeah. Yeah. But he looked after it like his baby for many yes, years. He did. And, and it's a wonderful instrument yeah. and fantastic acoustic yeah. in Peter Maritzburg. Yeah. So, uh, and it's a fun piece to play uh, with those it is. grand it's chords. It's very big. Yeah. So I thought it was very fitting to, I know that Classic FM have used this recording quite a few times, but I thought it was a nice tribute to bring it back into the program again. So here it is, the Organ Symphony by... Uh, Saint-Saëns, Camille Saint-Saëns. This is the Joburg Philharmonic Orchestra under Mike Hankinson with Diane Coots on the organ. That was applause for the Johannesburg Philharmonic Orchestra. Uh, Mike Hankinson was conducting, Diane Coots was playing the organ, and that was Saint-Saëns, the organ symphony, or part of it. And it featured my guest in People of Note, Diane Coots. Di, have you played... Uh, I'm just going to touch on this much chamber music with larger groups or smaller groups? Well, having the orchestra as part of the SABC as well, we had all the musicians, so we did a lot of chamber music together. So your repertoire is actually very pretty wide. wide. Yeah. Very wide, all different fields. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And have you got a big collection of music also that you've kept over the years, you know, that you've played from? Because I imagine when you've played these pieces with all your fingerings and things, you need to keep them. Well, I don't know what's going to happen to all my music when I do eventually die because my house is just full of my pantry is my music <laughs> cupboard your and library, my bedroom yeah. is my yeah. organ cupboard. Yeah. And so there's just music everywhere yeah. in the house. Not photocopies, originals. Yeah. It's worth billions. Yeah. yeah. And and you're, when you're not... Uh, packing music away or practicing or teaching. Uh, you also, you are quite keen on your dogs, aren't you? I've got pugs. Yeah. I've been in love with pugs since 1965 when we got our first one. Yeah. And I've got two little girl pugs at the moment who are my constant companions. Yeah. We do dog therapy work for paws for people. We do obedience training. We go for walks yeah. and they teach music. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, do they lie with you? And they teach music, yeah. and they know how to play A to tune the instruments. <laughs> mm. Taught by you. Uh-huh. And your next choice is by Poulenc. I've always liked the music of Poulenc very much. It's quite cheeky sort of mm. uh, angular French music. music. Yeah. Mm. And what have you chosen? Well, this is one of the novelettes. When I turned 74, I had this ache in me to record again. You know, I missed it so much after we left SAVC. And I thought, well, now I'll do it on my own. But that's a lot of work and a lot of expense. So I decided to record two CDs of shorter pieces, pieces that are suitable to be used in programs such as Classic 1027. And this was one of them, which I recorded at the age of 75. I had two albums out. And um, it also reminds me of playing in the orchestra because we played this work by um, Manuel de Faya, where this piece is actually based on a theme from Alomar Bourgeois. 
and Poulenc had put it into a piano piece. It's a charming little piece. So it's a novelette in E minor by Francis Poulenc. That was a novelette in E minor by Francis Poulenc, played by my guest, Diane Coots. And we're sort of getting to the end of the program now, Di, and it's been very nice to have you on the program. Uh, and long overdue, because, um, you know, you've had a, a very distinguished career here in South Africa. Do you travel at all? Not anymore. Not? No. I prefer to stay at home. I'm sure, but in your examining days, you probably traveled, traveled a lot. lot. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you just stay at home now, and you teach a lot still? I teach every day. Yeah. Every day? Mm-hmm. Young and old? Yes. Yeah. All ages. That's wonderful. And one of the things we used to do together was Songs of Praise, which we did uh, for many years. You played the organ for Songs of Praise. And I think it's appropriate that perhaps that we finish this program with uh, a fabulous piece called Now Thank We All Our God in an arrangement by John Rutter. Again, you were playing the organ, and this was recorded where in the City Hall? The City Hall, Johannesburg. Yeah. Um, I chose this to end the program with because I have so much to be thankful to God for, for all the opportunities and the gifts and talents that he gave me for the people that I've worked with. And of all the work that I did with you, Richard, in our 40 years, the ones I enjoyed the most were songs of praise. I think it's my church background as well. And I thought, you know, we traveled a lot with that. Yeah, We, we did. We went to Durban, we did Pete Marisburg, we did Benoni, we did Nelspreit, of course, Johannesburg. I remember the city hall was jammed, jammed, packed for all those performances. You couldn't move out afterwards. So many people wanting to sing hymns. And I thought this was a lovely arrangement. The choir was huge. The whole orchestra was there. It's a very grand performance, and thank you for it. It's a pleasure. That was an arrangement of Now Thank We All Our God, Nun Danket Allagot, made by John Rutter and performed by the National Symphony Orchestra with Diane Coots on the organ and various choirs involved. I'm sure I was conducting there mm-hmm. uh, from Songs of Praise, which we did so many years ago. My guest in the program tonight has been Diane Coots, a distinguished organist, pianist and accompanist. And we were talking about her life and all of her contributions to South Africa over so many years. Thank you, Di, for coming in. Thank you, Richard. It's been a great honor and a great privilege to be here. May you go on teaching and playing for many years yet. I'm sure you will. I hope so. Thank you. And thanks to Matabataba Khadebe for helping us put the program together. And until next time, from all of us here at Classic 1027, we wish you a very good night.